0: Are we famous enough to have a Patreon?
1: Hello and welcome to the Undercut Podcast. This time we are back with an F2 feature review episode and I am joined as always by my co-host Jesse Billington and friend of the podcast backed by popular demand and no other reason whatsoever, Jacob Phillips. How are you both? I'm doing pretty well indeed. Been a work from home
0: day for Classic Car Weekly so I've been uh, previewing this week's issue of Classic Car Weekly which I recommend you buy as it's the first one to actually feature any of my printed work. So, uh,
1: Would you like to say Classic Car Weekly any more times or are we good for a moment?
0: Let me just get a bit closer to the microphone. Classic Car Weekly.
1: There you go. He works for Autosport, ladies and gentlemen. Jacob, how are you? I'm doing great, Jess, and I'll
2: be sure to check out your Classic
0: Car Weekly. Yeah, you can uh, find out my top picks uh, for summer auctions if you want to buy something fun and sporting for summer. Although one of the picks that did include was an old Benetton of uh, Michael Schumacher's for the mere sum of a few million pounds, I believe. I'm sure we can all club together. Exactly. We need a fleet car for the Undercut podcast. And it also gets us back to motorsport and single-seater racing. And crucially, in the direction of Formula 2, which was racing this weekend in Baku. And uh, we'll we'll continue our usual little theme of what the hell has happened, despite having nothing to do with Formula 2. We really ought to find a better pun for this. Um, Team, I'll leave you to think about that while I go straight into... Ralph Boshong is back. Uh, He was back for Baku, which I think works quite nicely. It's kind of what what is it? What is is it where words sound the same? Not synonymic. syllabic. The fact is it sounds the same and it sounds
1: like...
0: I am a journalist. I know words. Ralph Boshong is back. He's back in F2 and his back is back. His uh, back is fine after a horrendous crash in... Where was he? It
1: It was in and a neck injury but close. And your back
0: makes up part of your neck, doesn't it? Yeah, it wouldn't have um, had the same effect. Yeah. Alliteration. There we are. It didn't work if you didn't let me have the it worked for the alliteration. But yeah, Ralph Boschong back in his F2 seat for Baku. Timo, don't look so annoyed about my jokes. Um which was uh oh, nice I'm
1: just to, disappointed.
0: Nice to see <laughs> nice to see him back anyway. Um, but he didn't really have a brilliant weekend of it he did have uh, I think he was involved in a shunt later on in the second
1: race. Sprint race he was involved in the shunt and got a penalty accordingly I think even though I'm not 100% convinced he was at fault there Um, but yeah kind of had a bit of a shunt into turn one and was the reason for the delay to Formula 1's FP3 and ultimately qualifying so he made a bit of a mess along with a few other people crashing into the same bit of track as well and uh, big boo-boos but at least he's back that's the main thing. We He's all really
2: like him in Yeah, and he picked us some points as well in the feature
1: race, which is always
2: nice.
0: Yeah. I mean, speaking of crashing, that seems to be largely the theme for Formula 2 in Baku, where it was all kinds of chaos. Obviously, we had uh, Vesti, Deruvla, Lawson on the podium for the sprint race. A uh, bad day for Vips, Boshong Sato, uh, Williams, Smolobassi and Hughes etc just a bad day really for people in the sprint race according to the notes that I've got in front of me and uh, brilliant time though if you're Dennis Halger winning the feature race with Sargent Androgovic on the podium just a, just a bit of a minefield really and I think the only sensible way we can try and sort of pick through this is by jumping straight into our winners and spinners which sort of pull apart the good from the bad the wheat from the chaff Um, Timo you're backing Dennis Hauger here with your winner.
1: I am because following on from his first win in F2 last time out in a sprint race, he then did one better and got the win in the feature race, which Baku, it was kind of a bit like Imola in the sense of it was a case of survival there and he did everything he needed to do in that regard and just watched as all the other people in front of him just slowly fell away and and failed miserably. Um, so it's is perfect as what we're kind of used to seeing from Harik being there when other people are are going to be are going to be failing like that. And okay, he's not as dominant as he was last year, but it's it's nice to see him back on the podium and hearing that that old phrase again that Jacob's probably very uh, familiar with of winner winner chicken dinner. Yeah, dinner always makes me hungry when he says that. I um, know. No, yeah. it, it feels wrong to be that hungry for that. It's. Well, <laughs> I'm you know, always it's hungry in the to morning. My, uh,
2: um yeah it was a great weekend for hauger um i'm actually quite surprised it's taken him this long to get a feature race win but then i don't then again after his performance last year i do forget that it's only his first year in f2 so, who knows what he can do going forward? I still made the prediction last season that he would be in Alpha Tower by 2024. So, with more performances like that, my prediction won't be so crazy as much as we like crazy predictions here on this podcast. But, yeah, certainly more consistent. Obviously, he picked up the uh, sprint race win in Monaco as well. And um, yet, yeah, with more performances like that, he can make it into that sort of mid pack there in the championship, sort of the no man's land where everyone seems to be tripping over each other and we don't really know who's going to be wearing the championship. Apart from the top So yeah Certainly Yeah Good for Hauger Very very
1: pleased for him And I think it's also Worth noting That whilst none of us Have him in Our winners or spinners I don't know why we'd have him In our spinners But Vesti First F2 win as well Yes Sprint race But a win's a win And snatching it from Derubula, Which was kind of Extra satisfaction for him And extra take For Derubla really Because he really wanted that But just wasn't able To to do it in the end And I think we were saying Before that Vesti Had a good race of round or two ago, and then went back to business as usual, which is not great because we don't want that to be as business as usual. And then clearly he listens to our podcast, Our Tough Love Works, and he got back up there. And just, again, refreshing.
2: Yeah, I do like Vesti, actually. I do have a lot of faith in Vesti. And as we said on the last podcast, Mercedes don't really choose drivers who so they don't have a lot of faith in them belief. and belief. in. so going forward, I do have a lot of high hopes for Vesti. And yeah, he's, he needs to sort of take a few notes of drug victory and maybe be a bit more consistent. But it's certainly nice to pick up his first victory. That was nice to see as well.
0: Yeah, and while Felipe uh, Felipe quickly excuses himself, no, Felipe is my winner, I was just saying while uh, Timo quickly excuses himself, I don't know where he's quite gone to, um, there was a dog barking, was that in the background of you or me, or Timo even?
2: No dogs? Oh, was it here? I don't know. I've been too busy folks on the podcast to notice any dogs.
0: I could hear a dog barking away, so I assume that was Timo going off to sort something out. But uh, yeah, Felipe Drugovic, I've uh, dropped incident, and Timo already mentioned his consistently his consistency, even. Um, and I have simply written, Felipe Drugovic, persistently consistent. And there seems to be nothing on track that phases that boy. There was all kinds of chaos breaking uh, in front of him on Saturday, and he just sort of drove through the lot of it. He just dealt with it and uh, came home with a podium when it didn't really look like he was going to have one, which was quite nice to see. Um, yeah, he's just, there's just something about the way he drives that seems so mature and so effortless in the way that he can work his way through a Formula 2 grid, which is
1: quite unique to see, especially... That kind in- of consistency in performance that other people who have been in F2 as long as he has, which is not many, but you think de Rupole and maybe Lawson a little bit, they kind of wish they had that, because he's not did terribly in last season, but it was kind of... I don't remember Jacob and I ever talking about him too much when it was just him and I that talked about F2 or F3. And he's just kind of always been there and now just come out of nowhere a little bit at the same time. And it's just putting them all to shame. And it's weirdly cool to see him hook it up like that.
2: Mm. No, I must say, actually, going back to last season, Timo, that I was actually you know, quite disappointed. And you know the UNI Virtuosi car was always there. Quite, quite a good car in F2 so I thought he would have done better last year in what was supposedly a better team and MP Motorsport as you said before are never always the uh never always the top team in F2 but yeah I've been entirely entirely um impressed with him and somewhat surprised as well you know you, you saw him all on Saturday and on Sunday he would you know there's loads of moves going up and down the field and he would sort of pick and choose his battles and then sort of think you know I'm going to move out of the way of this one let a kind of cars through because you know end of the day you know, to finish in Baku it was the first thing to do. It's obviously a race of survival. But yeah, going forward, you know, all he needs to do now is pick up podiums in the feature race and points in the sprint race. And I'd say that's pretty much championship secure because everyone behind him doesn't seem to seem to know what they're doing half the time and can't really seem to. There's no consistency amongst the field. So yeah, certainly, certainly going forward,
0: it's looking very, very promising for the Brazilian. Although a little bit of consistency coming from the one of the other Brazilians on the uh, on the grid. <laughs> Jacob, your winner, uh, Fittipaldi. Pretty good little weekend from him. And he's, again, finding his feet in Formula 2 and really making a name for himself at this point.
2: Yeah, certainly one that falls into the category of getting lucky through certain incidents. And, you know, place... May might not be fifth place for a few instants ahead, but you know, uh, Fittipaldi is either consistently good or consistently very bad. I think if you look at the first half of the first half of the first half of this season, I think in the first few races he didn't have any points finishes at all, and all I can remember since since then or since whenever it was, I think maybe Spain or before that, he's he's finishing the points. So he's certainly putting his name into that of what I call you know that midfield group as I've mentioned before, and I think he's fifth in the championship, which is also very surprising for a Charouz driver. So he's certainly making a name for himself. You know, he's already got the name, you know, the headline name, but certainly making it himself a name on the track as well as off it.
1: <laughs> kind of makes me want to repeat, I think, something I've said before in in this F two podcast that uh, it'd be interesting to see if he gets an F one c before his older brother does this, right?
0: <laughs> You've definitely mentioned it on this podcast. I think I remember it from editing the Monaco F two yeah. podcast, where you said that it could be likely we skip a skip an age bracket of Fittipaldi's and we go straight
1: for baby shark in this regard oh yes i remember i wanted a double fitter poudy uh outing at has maybe that will come into play for our bold f1 season-long predictions that there'll be some point where for some reason both Hass drivers and are unable to race and will get the Fittipaldi brothers in and you'll just have crofty making even more mistakes on commentary as normal as he tries to figure out which Fittipaldi he's talking about
2: hopefully crofty's not there by that point but that's safe for another podcast <laughs>
0: I mean, we'll move on to our spinners section from Formula Two, which uh, we'll open up with Timo and a driver who Red Bull seemed to keep thinking as a bit of a hot shoe for a Red Bull seat. Obviously, he had his FP1 drive in Spain, but it's just been a bit. A bit of a downhill season. He's drinking a bit
1: too much of their own product, if they still think this is a viable option, I think. Because, okay, he got pole position, and I was then thinking, okay, he's bouncing back. We know he's he's got some skills in the car. He's not lasted this long for nothing. But then, I mean, you were saying in in our group chat, Jesse, that you felt quite sorry for him, and I just did not at all, because he took himself out of winning the race all by himself, gifted it to Helga, and... I just, it was just, there was nothing else he could blame on it aside from himself. It was very Charles Leclerc a couple of years ago or last year, I forget. Um, at Baku in that castle section where it was just, you forgot the castle was there and that you had to be a bit careful in that bit of the track and it bit, bit him again. And I mean, it's not his first time at Baku. I mean, he's he's done a good number of laps. They're not only up to that point in the weekend in the race qualifying and practice, but he's been there for the last at least a year or two in some way. Um, so just a bit, bit disappointing overall, because we were kind of hoping that you, do, you don't see Red Bull giving drivers in their driver academy a drive or a test drive in the Red Bull very often. It's usually the tower. So after Spain, you thought, OK. And then he had a terrible weekend in Spain. And he thought, Monaco. And then he had a terrible weekend in Monaco. And he thought, OK, to Pol, OK, OK. And then. No. Yeah. Not a
0: good time to be Yuri Vips. And he he looked truly heartbroken when he was sat on the bench in the shade of the castle after crashing out. And, and he was in the shade of the castle or the
1: shadow was the shade of the castle. I don't quite get the metaphor.
0: <laughs> there's metaphor in it, and you can take from it what you like. But again, it he just needs to string together a good race weekend to break this streak and try and ride it out. But Perhaps he's pushing too hard. Perhaps there's something not quite set up with the car. It, it is interesting,
1: though, that of all the drivers to possibly force him into an error, it was Helga, who is another Red Bull junior. Yeah. And if you're as brutal as, oh, I don't know, a certain person in Red Bull who's overseeing the uh, driver programme, then you'll probably thinking, well, you can't cope with the pressure at F2 from another one of your competitors in the same team as you, then uh, we'll just take him instead. Yeah, if you can't cope
0: with another driver in F2 giving you the willies from a different team, how are you going to cope when you've got Max Verstappen on your own team bearing down behind you? And uh, you need to give... I mean,
1: at a point when the drivers in the driver academy have to prove themselves possibly slightly more than they ever have done, because they cycled through three different drivers with Max before they landed on Perez, who's outside of the driver academy. And then, I mean... You could argue it's they're confident in Paris or they're just that unconfident in their junior drivers that they decided to sign up for another two years. So if you're VIPs, you're not doing yourself any favours. No.
0: I mean, another driver that had a very bad weekend and crucially won't be having a weekend for some time now um, and then after that won't be having a good weekend either is uh, Amore Cordille. Um, obviously, he picked up a three-place grid penalty for a crash with Ollie Caldwell, turn four on the feature race. Uh, both cars out on the spot, and not only did he get a three-place grid penalty, he also picked up a penalty point on his licence, which now puts one to 12 points in total. So to race Bam, he'll be missing the Silverstone race weekend. No races there, no points for him there, and then wherever we go to after
1: Silverstone... To to, to be fair, he'll be pretty consistent on our getting points anyway.
0: I mean, so that's true. I'm going to make a
1: big difference. And then he does get a further
0: three-place grid penalty when I think we next race Formula 2 in... Hungary, I think, is it? Austria. Yeah, I was going to Austria. say Austria. Austria. Yeah. So it's one of the few circuits where we have good data from all four tiers of feeder series or something crazy. But yeah, it's uh, not looking good for him from here on out. So
1: would, would we, Jake, would we call him this season's uh, Alessio de Leto? I
2: was just about to come on to that. Yes, he's doing a very good letter impression. And I'd say, arguably, he's probably... He's not as slow as letter, but he certainly has more incidents. And uh, he, he didn't even score a point last year in F3. So, you know, money talks and all that.
1: He's got that in common with DeLedder as well, to be fair.
2: Mm, he does, yeah. Although he has 12 points this season, which is more than most drivers.
1: Although there
0: is the fun fact of Cordille becomes the first driver to reach the full 12 points on his F2 licence... Since Mahave Ragunathon in twenty nineteen. Oh dear. Banned from the round at the Red Bull ring, having been involved in a number he's of incidents.
2: He's in great company there. He just wanted to join that club, I think.
1: Yeah. Esteemed company. That's a sorry-looking club down the pub if ever there was one. Although hmm. Ragunathan, I think I'm correct in
0: saying, w- was replaced by Pato Award. Uh um, was a couple of races when he was in the Red Bull programme. Yeah. So makes you wonder if uh, Anyone fancies sitting in for a at Silverstone?
1: I wonder if they're going to have. I don't have know it. if he'd do it in F2, though, to be honest. It seems I mean, he has got a taste of the McLaren F1 car now. I don't know if he'd want to. Do no, it but not
0: too. necessarily Pato 1, but there might be someone else from. Chadwick. <coughs> Excuse me. What was that? Sorry, Tiwi. So uh, louder,
1: you know, louder. People might hear you. I don't think Nikki Louder can come in, in the car, I'm afraid, Jacob. <laughs> Just to uh, make your point again for the people at the back. Oh, I, I believe there's a there's a terribly good driver, with Jamie Chadwick, around somewhere. I, I feel like you should uh, get into that F2 seat. For, for Never hours. heard. That's all the drink talking, Jacob. You're sober. I've got water here. I'm fine.
0: Mind you, speaking of drivers that had a bad weekend, uh, no one else is mentioning them on their winners and spinners. I know we ought to really put a point in for them. Uh, Chem Bolek Bassi as well. Uh, called to the stewards after an altercation broke out between not him but his dad and uh, Roy Nissany <laughs> and Nisani's trainer, uh, <laughs> It was kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, um, obviously oh, Bullock Bassi and Nissany had a bit of a coming together on track, and uh, Bullock Bassi senior took it quite to heart, and uh, there was a bit
1: which, of which a- I mean I got two things on that one. First of all, we've taken esports to street fighter. And you've also then got a the Turkish person and an Israeli person have butting heads and that's never gone wrong before.
0: Yeah, there's um, certainly a lot of things to look into on the uh, nationality side of the scale, but it did result in a 5,000 euro fine for Bollock Bassi, and the removal <laughs> of his father's credentials from the next round at Silverstone. So uh, mister Bollock Bassi and uh, Amri Cordille both stood at the fence of Silverstone watching cars going past looking
1: sad. I mean, again, it's it's... It was always going to be intriguing to see how he did coming from eSports into F2. I don't think he should have come straight into F2 anyway. He should have at least gone into F3, if he, if at all. But it seems just more of a kind of, um, especially from some of his driving that we've seen, okay, it's he's doing all right. He had a 12th place at Monaco, but at the same time. yeah. I don't really like the, the thought process is just there because there's just not an awful lot to say about it. And, a lot of people are fascinated by it and there just really isn't all that much to talk about when it comes to that and just kind of makes you think again is there someone who can be better in that seat cough Jay, jamie chadwick cough um and why are we prioritizing someone who okay it's all very good, and good but it's not the real thing
0: well we're also all trying to actually to like that. yeah
1: yeah it's
0: one of those weird things. I think it's certainly a case of money talks, and uh, it certainly does in Formula Two. Um, before we get distracted and keep suggesting Jamie Chadwick for an F two seat anymore, uh, Jacob,
1: yeah,
0: Jacob, your spinner from uh, Formula Two this weekend.
2: Maybe didn't have the worst weekend. Obviously, we've mentioned two two people there that had a much worse season and weekend than than this person, but I think. You know, you look at the top of the championship and then you look down, I know it's uh, he's not as experienced as Djokovic, but I've gone for Clement Novelak. You know, he's in the same car. You know, they've had great results this year. He doesn't really seem to be doing much to me. Slightly harsh, but I thought I'd go a bit off piece, a bit niche and choose Clement Novilak.
0: That's not too bad. Yeah. So I think we've, we've neatly picked apart the chaos of Formula 2 in Baku. And uh yeah, I think, We've got any conclusive points? Any final points we'd like to throw into the ring?
1: Um Drogovic just again doing exactly what he needs to do. He's not at the front for this weekend, but he's still there. He
0: didn't need to be at the front. He was there to pick up. It just points here, points Mr. there. Mr. Consistent for F2. And it is a matter of time until a Formula One team snaps him up and says, would you fancy being in our junior academy? The question is which
1: team just see helmet just with bag of sweets come on come on (laughs) come on get into my van
0: oh my
1: god that's
0: yeah we'll Hmm. we'll probably stop there um anyway (laughs) yes thank you for listening to our formula two review uh from azerbaijan or not actually from azerbaijan we're all recording this from the uk um but yes, uh, Azerbaijan Formula 2 review. We will be back with Formula 2 when it returns its Silverstone in a round of its time. Um, and of course, we'll be <laughs> Wow,
1: accurate. Yeah, I think that's about right because there's there's a weak gap. I was in. just realizing, ladies and gentlemen, halfway through that he didn't know how long it was.
0: Doing the mental arithmetic, never my forte. Um, Yeah, so we'll be back with Formula 2 at Silverstone, and of course we'll be back with Formula 1 in Canada in less than a week's time, because it is currently Monday evening, and we'll be uh, F1 cars on circuit in Canada uh, by Friday, which is exciting trying to remember how formula one weekend worked despite having just been through one um of course you can find me on instagram jesse on cars as well as on youtube and hopefully in sometime in the near future you'll be able to find this podcast on spotify and other streaming services we are optimistically making a move to making this a proper podcast so uh go find us there give us a follow a like uh and subscribe yeah, like, comment, subscribe, share, subscribe. I don't actually... Get... Leave us a review on Spotify
1: if you're feeling extra generous because that is a the thing they do over there.
0: Yes, leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating and we... we, we we'll be very appreciative and we'll yeah. give you a name drop. We'll give you a name drop. We, we should probably then also look at setting up um, a Patreon as well so we can, we can name drop Patreons that pay us things.
1: Are we famous enough to have a Patreon? There's people who are less famous who have one. So, yes.
0: Okay, right, there we are. So you can probably also find us soon on Patreon, as well as on Instagram, where we are just the Undercut Podcast. You can find Ellie Mae's brilliant race reviews. She's got her sort of top takeaways from the race weekend, as well as the odd meme and little interactive bits and pieces, hither and thither. Timo, where can the people find you?
1: Well, Jesse, you can find me at... All over the Undercut podcast, you can find me on the covers of my own motorsport interview series. And there's a brand new podcast that I'm going to be part of, which will be sporadically throughout the year, which will be looking at the Nitro Rallycross Championship, which will be good, exciting stuff, which is going to have its first episode already out by the time you listen to this, which will be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. So go take a look at those.
0: Excellent stuff. And Jacob can be found somewhere where there's alcohol.
2: On the bar, under the bar, behind the bar, but not behind bars.
0: Quick final question: favorite bar snack?
2: All pork scratchings, oh, oh, all jala- jalapeno, all cr- well, those jalapeno bites you can get. Maybe they're in sort of like more sort of rustic pubs. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no? No, I think I know the ones you mean. No, for me, it's still going to be a good pork scratching or a Scotch egg. Oh no, a Scotch egg's a picnic thing. I want it. I want it out of a. A butcher's packet tied up with a little white tag at the top, torn open pork scratchings.
2: Also, for an old fashioned meat raffle.
0: Team, my favourite bar or pub snack. Have me a pork
1: scratchings, mate.
0: There we are. I think we know what we need to order in for the end of year finale. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back with Formula One in Canada. Anyway, you're now free to rejoin the Zoom call. I'm back. Didn't Favorite really
2: eat, but
0: <laughs> Favourite pub snack?
1: Uh just a pack of salt and vinegar crisps.